What does it mean to be a vulnerable Christian man? Walking through life weak and powerless is not what Jesus had in mind for us. It's time to fight. It's time to get comfortable being uncomfortable. We are OB, Sean, Brandon, and Shane, and this is The Uncomfortable Hello and Truth. welcome to The Uncomfortable Truth. Let's talk about something uncomfortable today. Have you ever had a root canal? Have you had a root canal? Yes. You have? No. Brandon hasn't. You have. I, I think... Was it a joy, joyous experience for you? <laughs> it was not. I'm pretty sure it was very similar to your experience. Okay. So when we just get from, done... Just from what uh, Amy and Courtney have discussed. So so your wife is a dental hygienist. Uh, so she, she understands these things. I forget does. that. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. And she... she uh, Her favorite ones were the, were the worst ones. Jeez. Okay. So she'll enjoy this. Get in there yesterday, get my x-rays done, my tooth... I, hurt so bad it made my whole face hurt took some intense painkillers just so i could sleep the night before get to the dentist and they're like he pulls the x-rays and is like i see why you're hurting but it it's not that bad from the <laughs> x-rays i'm like man i'm just a big old weenie and he's like man i don't know but we can get in there he said you probably have an abscess tooth but it's not like on the x-rays it's not showing that bad I well i mean he said you want to fix it today or he said, we, there, there's several options. He gave me the options. I'm like, man, let's just go ahead and knock it out. I'm here. You're here. You know, th- the stars lined up. So let's, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. So it's under a cap. They got to drill through a, a cap, which has uh. acrylic and metal in the cap. So you're just sitting there. It's in the very back. So you're holding your mouth. I'm holding my mouth open as wide as I can ho- hold it open. That's the worst part. One of them. It is. And it's, it's like muscle, a 40. muscles start to twitch. This is like a 40-minute process. Mm. He finally put something in my mouth to help hold it open. <laughs> and he's just drilling for 30, 40 minutes. Hey, I'm almost there. I'm like, stage, you got three roots in each tooth in the back. It's like, I'm on 30 minutes. I'm on stage three of each root. I'm like, oh, great. Yes. Can you speed this up? But it hurts. And uh, so we get in, he gets this thing drilled out. We get to the end of the drilling out process, and he's like, man, this is one of the best ones I've ever seen. <laughs> in his in his metrics, best is, is the worst. one that has the most stuff in it. That gusher. Uh, we got done. Mm. We weren't even able to finish the process because it wouldn't stop gushing. So I've got a temporary feeling in the... And he told me when we got done, he's like, dude, top 10 of my career. <laughs> this dude's been a dentist. For hey, that goes to show you that X-rays don't necessarily. No, and I felt a little bit better. Story in there, yeah, I felt a little bit better because he said, like, there's no wonder that you hurt so bad because of all the stuff that was in your face. Sometimes work has to be done to see what's truly going on. That's exactly right. A little snapshot. Well, that makes me nauseous at my stomach. Let me just tell you, I appreciate. Yeah, a heads up next time before you go to tell any. Can you imagine like like just drilling teeth and just junk just keeps coming like infected? No, pussy. Nasty uh, stuff. Just keep. There's a certain person that likes this kind of stuff. Yeah. Like pimple popping and yeah. it ain't me. The tooth out <laughs> and like cleaning ears out mm. and popping blackheads. Uh-uh. You know, um, I'm, that's uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. Yeah. But it sounds like you're on the right side of it. We're now. on the right side of it now. It still hurts, but not. It ain't nothing like it was. Got to so. go back one more time and. Yeah, you got to give it a couple weeks. Let all the infection die out. Whatever they put in there with the temporary. Yeah. So. Ugh. Ugh, yeah. I'm with you, brother. Ugh. Well, my week was not 
You're uncomfortable painful, too. Painful, huh? but I had COVID for the second time. Yeah, how was this one compared to the first one? It's not really comparable. Okay. Yeah, you couldn't really compare it. Uh, lethargic, uh, still out of breath, like fast. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you you'd do anything. You know, I chase Owen around the couch, and I'm like, wow. Mm. Uh, I definitely have something, mm-hmm. you know, and just a lot of drainage, mm-hmm. uh, lethargic, no fever, which I think really? was the biggest staple because I had fever for 11 straight days last time. Yeah. Um, right. This time, no fever, but I gave it to my mom. She's had fever for like 48 hours. My dad had it and he gave it to like six people. Oh, no. Yeah. He just thought he had a sore throat. Oh, no. And then he started feeling really bad. Um, anyway, a lot of folks are getting it right now. Okay. But You're leaving a legacy. <sighs> How do you figure? Uh, just spreading it all over. I, I mean. <laughs> we may have to look up the definition of legacy. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that that. I'm going gonna, gonna gonna to just put a pin in that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, see if we can connect that word. Yeah. You, you left something. Yeah. I don't know if it's a legacy. <laughs> I think it's germs. Yeah. <laughs> Left germs. Y'all know I'm looking it up. <laughs> the definition of legacy. The definition of legacy. Yeah. Okay. Pull it up. Yeah, I did. We, we can come back. Let's uh, let's go ahead and pray, Brandon. Yep. Open this up. Sure will. Heavenly Father, thank you for first and foremost loving us and uh, sending your Son. Jesus, to walk this earth and uh, to choose to sacrifice himself on the cross for our sins, Lord. Lord, thank you for this time that we get to be together. Thank you for the platform that uh, you've allowed us to have. Let us to be great stewards of it and to uh, share your light every chance we get. Help uh, us to just speak anything that uh, you want others, other ears to hear. Thank you that uh, Shane and Obi are on the mend and uh, be with those out there who are still recovering with COVID or struggling with anything, Lord. Lord, we know uh, this world can be a dark place sometimes, but the eternal uh, opportunity to live with you if we accept you into our heart uh, will far out outshine and outweigh anything we could ever imagine on this earth. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Legacy. The first part, the first definition for legacy is an amount of money or property left to someone in a will. Yeah, that isn't. I don't feel like that's. Yeah. The second one. Is an applicant to a particular college. I did not read that. Who is regarded preferentially yeah. between a parent or other relative attended okay, to the here's same institution. Here you go. You might have some, some merit here. Something transmitted by or received from <laughs> an ancestor or predecessor or from the past. So okay. it's got to hang around forever. No, if they had COVID, the way. Like they if had, your dad gave it to you, he might be leaving you a legacy. It's very possible that the antibodies there remain you go. forever. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, we're reaching, but okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I take back my snarky comment. There's at least a connection. Yeah. Uh, that's it. That's Sorry. it. All right. So today, 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 just had a moment. We're going to pull a card. We brought a, a box of cards with topics on them, and we're just going to kind of wing it at first and then we're going to go to the source yep to see if we got the answers anywhere close to right well we we all kind of collaboratively um believe that sometimes finding the answers to our questions isn't easy 
That's exactly. and and so you know I feel like that we all have questions. We all desire for our questions uh, to to know the correct answers to our questions. Yeah, and I believe that we've all been taught and uh, ingrained to understand that that Bible right there that Brandon is flipping through has every answer to every question that we need. And so ultimately uh, what we're going to try to illustrate is, okay, we've got a question. What are our, uh, what is the procedure? Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. what, what, what transpires after that question is asked to ultimately find the answer to it. And so A, a good, a good side note on that is have you guys ever, I know I have, when somebody asks you a question that you do not know the answer to, just start rambling off stuff just just to make ourselves sound smart. Mm-hmm. Yes. I've done yeah, especially if it's like something in your industry, yeah. right? Or my industry. If somebody asked me about a type of grass or something, it's like, what what is this? How does this grass grow? Where how do you how low do you cut it? And I'll just Yeah, you do this, 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 and this, and this. <laughs> like, and most of the time I know sometimes I don't. Yeah. I've gotten better at just being like, I don't know. You know, it that's that's the way you're supposed to yes, be. Yes, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because ultimately you know that that lie or that made-up thing that might have been partially true yeah. isn't going to help them. No, <laughs> it may kill their grass. <laughs> it might kill their grass. Yeah. But, you know, not to keep going down that rabbit hole, but, you know, we last night I was laying in bed. This first podcast I've been on in probably three or four weeks, uh, you know, we've been – very disconjointed over the last month to five weeks. We've all been on vacations. Brandon and Shane have been out for a couple of weeks. Sean and I have been out for a couple of weeks. It's just been kind of, um, you know, not not our normal habitual stuff where we're, uh, I feel like where I'm constantly thinking about, you know, things that I'd like to discuss on the podcast, mm-hmm. things that, you know, I would, you know, have been on my heart, not thinking about that stuff yeah. as much. Um and so I'm laying in bed last night, get a text, what time tomorrow, guys, you know, and I'm like, no clue, no idea. I haven't even had anything, like, on my mind, you okay. know. It's like, and my Bible, you know, app on my phone, ding, like, literally in that moment. Really? In the moment. Like, it was so cool. That and is, I, I, told, I, was, I was laying next to Amy. I'm like, this is weird, Amy, but yeah. it's Jesus, yeah. you know? And, yeah, that's cool. And she's like, well, what was it about? And it was about um, it, the, the Bible verse that was being referenced on that notification was being prepared. Uh, I believe it was like Peter 3.15 or something like that, First Peter 3.15. And essentially, very prayer phrased, it was – being prepared to explain to someone who asks where you receive your hope from. So you, you know, always, always being prepared because you never know when that moment is going to come when someone asks where your hope comes from. And, and basically like having the answer to the question. Yeah, that's right. That's super. You know, little applicable here. Yeah. You know, yeah. having the answer to that question and knowing where to go to find that answer to that question where I have support for my response mm-hmm. uh, ultimately is going to determine whether or not my answer has any credibility at all, right? Yeah. And and so I want to make sure that I'm prepared 
whenever that time comes, somebody needs some hope. Somebody's like, Obi, where do you get your hope from? I mean, when you're walking through these trials, what, what gives you the ability to keep walking, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, boom, you know, Mm -hmm. I know what my answer is. And so anyway, um, these are different questions. One of these questions may be that, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, but we're just going to kind of ask a question, uh, you know, kind of bounce it around a little bit and then see what the Bible has to say about it. All right. So I told you guys, everyone of these had a verse to reference. It doesn't. So, uh, that's what we get for being not fully prepared, but this will be fun. Yeah. So I'll ask the question. Um, Obi's going to give his off the cuff version of what he thinks. And then I'll, I've already got the couple of verses pulled up, Shane. You can do a deep dive too and see if you see something I don't see. But let's at least try to get through a few of these. So, how important is it for Christians to rest on the Sabbath? Does this still apply to us today? Ooh. And I thought, what? Hello. <laughs> I'm not starting with an easy one. Yeah, I don't know. All right. So, so. And it's okay for us to say we don't know. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. There's going to be so many. This is this is going to be fun. We might can do this every week. I mean, Ooh. it's really good. Yeah. yeah. All right. So do I think it's important to rest on the Sabbath? Yes. I do think that it's important to rest on the Sabbath. Do I think that uh, I've been indoctrined to think that maybe it's another day for progress? Mm. Yes. <laughs> um, I have been indoctrinated to think that maybe it's another day for progress. Um you know, this world is spinning fast and we, we always feel like that we've got to get ahead and it's yep. hard to do that, uh, in six days and rest on the Sabbath. But I think Chick-fil-A's proved us wrong. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, you know, Chick-fil-A's closed every Sunday and they're the number one fast food restaurant in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does that say? that's good i think i think that that to me shows that it's okay to rest on the sabbath i'm very type a i am very cannot sit and watch like if i if i'm i can make it through a movie if i like predetermined in my mind that i'm going to watch that movie Mm -hmm. but if i'm just sitting in the house not thinking about watching a movie i'm thinking that i'm withering away um, that, and, and, and so I've got to get up and go do something. Um, like I've had COVID for the last three days, I've gotten more accomplished being sick because I can't sit at home, uh, than I would have if I had been going to work every day. Um, because I, I was at home and I feel like when I'm at home, I've got to be moving. Um, so anyway, Rest on the Sabbath, I think that it is important. I think that um, it should be adhered to. I think that I struggle with it. I'll hit a few verses. I'll add this real quick. And this is from our pastor, and I, I love it. He said, you know, we always want to be sure we're not ever majoring in the minors. So we want to be clear that this is a discussion, like if you're a believer and you're already digging into the Word, you're trying to figure out how. If you're not a believer, the majors are, Have you accepted Jesus in your heart? Do you know he died for your sins? And do you want to live eternally with him? Everything else is minor. Those are the majors. Yeah, everything else is minor. But as we guard our hearts and protect our minds and we build our our body of uh, armor, so to speak, digging in, 
So when you dig in, you'll find verses sometimes, and you've got to dig in more to find context. Because sometimes you may find a word that seems like it fits, but if you have the context of what's going on during that time or the connection, you could totally misinterpret it. And that's why it's a living document, and the Holy Spirit allows us to constantly understand it again. Uh, okay, so Exodus, excuse me, Mark two twenty seven, And he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, this is in the New Testament, and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is also the Lord of the Sabbath. I think that's a pretty good verse to kind of get some context. What, uh, explain that. Okay, so he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So the way I interpret that, and here's the thing, I may be wrong. It was, it was made for man to slow down and recognize right. so, why they're even here. So God invented this for us to rest. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, now, there are several other verses that talk about the Sabbath. Looks like you're going to the New Testament okay. now. Yeah, or well, back, back to, to the, the Old Testament. Testament. And so what I do is I go to the back of my Bible. I also use Google, but you have, in my opinion, you have to be sure you're vetting the verses still Yeah. the verse. Yeah, Google, Google's a great resource for anything. Yep. But you've got to make sure that the ultimate destination for whatever content you're getting is, is from the actual Bible and not from yeah. some interpretation by go. Google. There I've read go. several, looking up several verses before that and not knowing where the source of it came from and then, then going to the Bible, and it sometimes it doesn't line up. Yeah. You got to. And gotta, I think that's where prayer comes in too. Yeah. You know, because. You got to open the book. That's right. Uh, Exodus 28. There's several others, but I'm going to go with this one. We'll go to another one. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day it is the Sabbath of the Lord your God, and it you shall do no work, you nor your son nor your daughter nor your male servant nor your female servant, on and so on and so forth. When you go back to Old Testament times up until the time that Jesus came, uh, they called it Shabbat, mm-hmm. and they would you know they would say Shabbat Shalom, like the like Happy Sabbath, the day before or the day of. But just like most of the other things uh, with the Pharisees, uh, with these these uh, things that God set up intended for us for good, they put a bunch of rules, a bunch of bureaucratic things behind them. So, um, particularly in the Old Testament, yeah, yeah. So they would have like literally rules. I mean, I think it was almost uh, viewed as a crime to do anything on the Sabbath, and they they probably had a list of like, here's what you can do, here's what you can't do. Here's what you can't do. Here's what you can do. You can do this, but you can't do this. When I think about the Sabbath, I think about true rest. And how, how do we find true rest? And, and true rest is when your soul is truly at rest, at peace. How does our soul find peace? I think our soul find, finds peace through the relationship with the Lord, and he offers true rest through that. Not thinking that you have to do Going back to, like, it's not what you do or don't do. It's about our relationship with Jesus, and are we at peace? Condition of our heart yeah. with him. Good. Yeah. I like that. Yep. I like that. All right, Obi. Next. Okay. Is there any, any particular category I should choose? What no. color was the other that, one? This one was blue. Oh, I was going to say blue because it's my favorite color, but do a different one. Go with the world, the world around us. 
is the category. Okay. How do you make sense of bad things happening in the world if God is loving? Hmm. That's a good one. It's a good one. Shane, you want to go first? How do you make sense you of bad things happening in the world if God is loving? I'll just say what I think the answer is, and, I, and then we'll go to the Word. So if you want to start looking. Did that have any verses on it for you? Great question. No problem if you didn't. You're good. All right, what do you think, Shane? No, no verses. I think we live in a fallen world. I think that from the time that Adam and Eve sinned, in the garden and separated us from Christ. Sin separated us from Christ. And I don't think we can ever really truly understand the impact that sin has on our life and to what deep effect. And so I, my simple answer to that, and we're going to look it up to make sure, is that we live in a fallen world and God does not control our sin. Now, if you take that deeper... Why do bad things happen? I think it's another question. Why do bad things happen to good people? Right. Be- and what, what is good? What is bad? And what is good? Yeah. Right. And go back to the Bible. Yeah. I mean, it's all. I mean, is is, is death bad? Is it bad? It's it's either going to separate you from the Father forever, or put you with Him right. forever. Death death is the punishment for our sin. Yeah. Right. Yes. So, so if death is the punishment for our sin, and every human is a sinner, death is is inevitable. So, is is something that is inevitable? Is that bad? You know. Yeah. Good question. I mean, I, I feel like that. I feel like that it's righteous. I feel like that's God's righteousness. I've, and so. I feel like that death was God's righteousness for our sin. Is that, do y'all feel like that that's a, a fair statement? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm processing it. Yeah. Um, I mean, if, if that's his righteousness, then it's right. Right. Yeah. And, and if it's right, then is it bad? <laughs> yeah. I, I, <laughs> I heard know. it put this way and I, I looked up a few verses cause it wasn't in the, in the back. So I've always gone to Deuteronomy 29, 29 key piece for this, for me is that, I am so at peace with knowing I can't see everything in the faith aspect many times that it almost hurts me because I don't dive in deeper mm-hmm. to the factual. But I have many friends who have do- dove so deep into the Bible and trying to almost become so scholarly, the devil gets into them thinking they're smarter than they are, and then they they doubt. Right. Okay, right. and I think that's a fine line of our relationship with the Lord and our heart. It's got to be based on faith. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. Now, that's Old Testament, okay? You've got Ephesians 1.11. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So two things that I've heard lately that I really liked, you know, we live in a fallen world. We're drowning in a sea. Okay. Having Jesus in our heart, we then come into the boat that will never sink. Now, it may not be ideal. It might be bumpy. It might be waves, all these things. But 
we're healed eternally. Yeah. The you more know? the more I think about it, the more I think for Christians, death is life. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So yeah. so mm-hmm. if death is life, then death is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, you, you guys have heard the song, you know, for I'm crucified with Christ and yet I live, mm-hmm. not I but Christ that lives within me. And 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 he and they go on to say, uh, for I count it gain to die, you know. And so if if we're gaining, it's got to be good. So I think for Christians, it is good, um, you know. So it it depends on what lens that you're looking through it. Well, let's go to Job. We know the story of Job. One in my brain, the most tested men in the Bible who was a believer, who his friends tried to convince him that he needed to turn his back to God and shun him, essentially. He says, Job 42.2, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. No purpose of yours can be derailed. No purpose of yours can be sidetracked. No purpose of yours is not what it should be. So to me, that's sovereignty. Mm -hmm. It's, And the faith piece is understanding that you won't ever fully understand God's sovereignty. Uh, yeah, I think that's important. Which is yeah. leaning into him, and, and that's the trust piece, which is the relationship piece, which is the personal piece. Which hits on the first verse you referenced, the sec- secrets. Yes. You know. yeah. yes. Is it our job to determine, God, God orchestrates things and he allows some things, right? Is it our job to determine what that is? Yeah. I, I think to some degree within our own lives and our own walk, it is like searching for those answers from him directly. But it all ends in faith. Right. You know. Okay. Let's talk about faith because our pastor talked about faith this Sunday. I think it's titled the sermons you gotta have faith, or he mentioned that through through the faith. He talked about Hebrews eleven six. Mm-hmm. hmm So Hebrews We just did a Hebrews deal at our church not too long ago. Eleven six. Y'all y'all know remember what was going on in Hebrews? That's not a loaded question. I wouldn't have either if we hadn't have done it recently. Negative. No. Uh, basically, the ruler at that time was like, okay, these Christians got to go, and they were scared for their life. They were new Christians, so their faith is being tested, mm-hmm. and they're either going to dig their hills in and say, this is the line in the sand, or they're going to run to the hills, basically, because he's going to start killing them. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I remember right, remember the Christians being uh, crucified on the stakes down the streets? That's Hebrews, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Please email and correct if I'm wrong, um, anybody that hears this, but... There were people dying for their faith. Hmm. That's a whole different ball game than I believe in Jesus, but I ain't got to worry about that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so Hebrews eleven six says, and it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. There's two instances in the Bible where Jesus was amazed when it came to faith, when it says Jesus was amazed. One of those instances uh, Jesus came upon, I believe, a man that severely lacked faith um, in him. And it mm. said Jesus was amazed of this, basically the severe lack of faith. Another instance was when a man came to him and said, Lord, I need you to, I, he, he said, I need you to heal somebody at his house. I can't remember the exact verse. He said, I don't, I'm not even worthy of you coming to my house, but I believe that if I just tell you about it, that you will heal this person at my home. And that person was healed. And it says Jesus was amazed at his faith. 
So I just thought at the faith at and the faith at the of the man, lack of faith uh, at the other yes, man. Correct. And I think the title of the sermon was "What Amazes Jesus," and I thought it was just cool that like Jesus is amazed by this amazing amount of faith and this lack of faith. But our preacher started talking about you know people you may come across people that don't believe in Jesus that may say I, I just can't have faith. I think that's a faith is is believing in something you can't see, right? So I thought it was funny. He said. Everybody has faith in something. And when you get in your car and you drive across a bridge, you have faith that the engineers and the builders knew what the heck they were doing. When you get in an airplane, you have faith that the engineers understood the law of aerodynamics and the pilot understands how to fly that plane. Mm -hmm. We have faith. It's just what we choose to put our faith in. Mm -hmm. That's good. That is interesting. All right, Shane. Here we go. Let's go to the red one. What will happen to the righteous at the end of the world? Hmm. We've got some Bible verses on this one. Good. What will happen to the righteous at the end of the world? I'm assuming whoever wrote that is talking about the rapture, second coming, this tribulation. I yeah, mean, I would. That's where I, my brain would go. Yeah. Um. My simple answer for me, and and th- this is just me telling you, I don't know the answer. Yeah. But like where my brain goes is. Um, that's going to be the moment when we begin to s- transcend and spend eternity with Jesus. That's my understanding. That's a good answer. Uh, Luke twenty three forty three says, and Jesus replied, I assure you today you will be with me in paradise. Wasn't that when he was on the cross? Luke, uh, yeah. Pro- I think he was talking to the guy beside him. Luke 23, what? Luke twenty three forty three. I assure you today that you will be with me in paradise. There's another verse here, Luke sixteen. Uh-huh. No, that's Luke twenty three forty three. Sorry, and this is Luke sixteen twenty three. And he went to the place of the dead. There, in torment, he saw Abraham in the far distance with Lazarus at his side. Yeah, that was when Jesus was on the cross. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Mm. Yep. And he said, Jesus said to him, surely I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Was so, that only one verse? No, the other verse was Luke sixteen oh, twenty three, And he went to the place of the dead. There in torment, he saw Abraham in the far distance with Lazarus at his side. So I think basically we get to ascend that that's to that's at the my, end of the world or at the end of our that, world that was the question right mm-hmm. yeah what ha- what happens to the righteous at the end of the world what happens to the righteous at the end of the world hey think about like the guy on the cross like act, literally getting saved i got to tell you all this th- quick story because we know people love stories i love listening to stories when i hear podcasts very short version, the guy that is the assistant chaplain to the New York Yankees, whose best brother in Christ friend is Mariano Rivera. Okay. He's in his probably 50s. Nasty two-seamer, right? Yes. Mariano Rivera. Nasty cutter. Cutter. Only threw one pitch, and they knew it was coming, and he's the best closer probably ever. Ever. Um, Anyway, that's another conversation. This man spent time in Mariano Rivera's house for 18 years having a weekly. He said he's seen me at my worst. I've seen him at his worst and both in our best. He has no background or training. 
and working with professional athletes or millionaires. He was kicked out of his house when he tackled his drunk father at a teenage age because he beat his mom and him daily almost. Lived on the streets for two to three years, did drugs of every kind. Gets married after living on the streets as a teenager. Lost about to leave him. He's addicted to heroin, cocaine, all the things. Has a new person come in that becomes his manager at his work. And the first thing he does, Otto Graham was his name. He shakes his hand a little uncomfortably and says, Jesus loves you. And he said every single day he did that, every morning. And he said, I am sick of this Jesus stuff. You better take that somewhere else. He was a hardened druggie. His wife's about to leave him. He calls Otto. He says, Otto, I don't believe in this stuff, but my wife's about to leave me, and I'm addicted to drugs, and if something doesn't change, my life is going to be worse than my father's. His mother kicked him out of their house because the husband was coming back, okay, after he tackled him and the husband ran off. He goes to church. He invites him to church, and he basically says, God, if you, who, if you are who you say you are and you are who Otto says you are, if you will heal me, he made a deal with God. He said, if you will heal me of my addiction and my wife will not leave me, I will serve you like no other man has ever served you on this earth. This is Mariano Rivera? No, this is, this is the, the chaplain. Okay. I'm gotcha. just saying the context of where he is yeah, today. Yeah, Since that day, he has never had an, a drug in his body since. His wife did not leave him, and he's been the chap assistant chaplain of the Yankees after starting a program for kids and sports and ministering to them. And he says he gets a call from his mother, his father, who he has had nothing to do with. He's like, I want this man to die. Mm -hmm. like, he said, I don't care how much Jesus is in my heart. That man, yeah. I mean, think about all the things that yeah. man created for yeah. him. He goes, Mom says, I want you to come to the hospital and see him. He's, he's had an aneurysm. He's, you know, not going to make it probably. He goes, he says, I did not want to go. And God said, you're going. Okay. So he goes and he says, I can't tell you how many times in the moments that I've read my Bible that day, that a verse has become relevant for that day hmm. for somebody I run into. So he says, he goes there and he says, he said, I cannot explain it physically, human capacity. He couldn't, capacity, he couldn't wrap his brain around it. But he looks at his father. He goes, you know, all that stuff that happened? He goes, I forgive you. He says, because that's what I, I know God's calling me to do. And I told him I'd be obedient to him. He said, and the other thing is, as he said, we need to be sure you know my Jesus. <laughs> and he says... He says he goes back into a coma. He said, this is bad. And so he says, hey, I know you're still here, even though you're not physically you know, showing me like you normally would. Squeeze my hand, nod your head, do something if you're still hearing me, and, and tell me that you understand that you accepted Jesus into your heart and you want him to be your Savior and you want to be with him in eternity. So he squeezes his hand, and he dies that night. Hmm. Now, the kicker of all that to me and my brain and what we're talking about right now is, is that he said, God had a plan for me that had nothing to do with what I thought I was capable of. I couldn't, I couldn't possibly fathom God's sovereignty. Right. That to me 
ties into many of these things that yeah. we're talking about. Yeah. You know, it's just unreal. His plan is so much greater than ours. Yeah. Um, yep. So that's awesome. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up with that, Shane. All right. Sounds good. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Uh, if you would, help us reach more people for Jesus. Hit those buttons at the bottom. Share with your friends. Go out and kick the day in the face, and we'll catch you on the next one. <laughs>